Hey guys, welcome back to the segment podcast. Today's special guest is Susie Murphy. She is a mom and executive director of the San Diego Mountain Bike Association, as well as a board member of the California Mountain Bike Coalition. She's also a member of many other associations in regards to mountain biking. She is great at what she does. She's no stranger to the podium. And I thought it was a critical time to get her on board because there are so many riders that are getting out there due to COVID and so many other folks on the trails. I thought it was great to really learn how trails are made and made officially, how trails that are already out there, primitive trails, how are they made official at a certain point, and how can we all help, all of us that are in the mountain biking community, how can we all help the process of all of that? So without further ado, I really hope you enjoyed this episode, a ton of great information, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Alright guys, we are live. I'm just going to wait a few seconds to get some folks on. Um, but as I do guys, I just wanted to say this episode is going to be dedicated to Roger Rays, um, mountain bike rider. He was part of the Easy Rider mountain bike group and he passed on October 25th from a mountain bike incident that he didn't survive. But his name and his spirit was big in the mountain bike community. In fact, there was a couple of big groups, um, Transcend MTB, Trail Dogs, I think Eva for PTSD, uh, got a couple hundred folks out there for a memorial ride and uh, raised some money for flowers and to give to his uh, memorial service, which is coming up on the 7th of this week. Uh, so just wanted to say that, guys, uh, let's ride safe and, um, and uh, stay as strong as a community. Tonight, guys, I have a special guest, and I'll definitely let her introduce herself because she has a very dynamic background. Her name is Susie Murphy, and she is part of the San Diego Mountain Bike Association. She also is a member of the California Mountain Bike Coalition, and uh, let's bring her on. Hey, Susie, how are you doing? I'm good, Mark. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Thanks for um, having me. I think the timing is critical because there are so many new writers that are out there. Um, you know, maybe we call them COVID writers and whatever it is, it's okay. Cause I, I'm one of those ones. <laughs> I start, I started in March and I am loving the sport It's challenging. You definitely work for what you get out of it. Um, there is such a great camaraderie from mountain biker to mountain biker out on the trails and it's just you in the trail. It's almost meditative, but when I see trails, it's important for, for me, at least, to learn, like, where do these trails come from? Who built these trails? What land are we on? And how does this whole thing work? You know, there's tons of mountains here in California, but when you hit trail forks up, there's only a certain amount of trails that pop up. So wanted to bring you on the show to kind of talk about your association, but also kind of let us know, you know, whether we be, whether we're new mountain bikers or experienced mountain bikers, how we can all band together to make a trail, protect the trail, advocate for the trail, um, and that's where you come in. So, so Susie, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to folks and tell them a little bit about your background with mountain biking. Yeah, for sure. Well, this is super exciting. Thank you so much again for having me. Um, uh, I live in Chula Vista. Um, I've lived down here for 30 years. Um, and that whole time uh, when we first moved in here, we started exploring for trails, uh, and this was in the late 80s. So I've been doing, I've been riding bikes for 30 years. 
um, which is a little scary to say, but um, yeah, I, my husband was always a pretty avid uh, cyclist and really got into mountain biking in the late 80s. And I just sort of tagged along. And um, I always like to ask people the question, what was your first mountain bike? Um, it's always a good icebreaker. So yeah. I remember rolling out of Costco very proudly with like, <laughs> a brand that they had called Motive, M-O-T-I-V. Um, I still remember that bike. Uh, it was a piece of crap, but whatever. <laughs> I um, and, and gradually upgraded over the years uh, through Trucks and Gary Fishers. And now I ride a, an Ibis Ripley, which Ooh. is a divine, divine piece of machinery. I love it. Um, uh, so right now, uh, my paying gig is that I'm the full-time executive director of the San Diego Mountain Biking Association, which covers the entire county. Uh, we're a 501c3 nonprofit that's been around since 1994. Um, and our mission is to improve trail access for mountain biking in San Diego. Uh, being formed in 1994, which is way before my time, uh, but we're actually one of the older mountain bike associations in the entire country. Um, the oldest actually is um, something called Corba, which is in the greater LA area. They were one of the, the very first trail advocacy organizations strictly for mountain biking um, in the country. And, and their uh, Corba stands for Concerned Off-Road Bicyclists Association. Oh, wow. And they still do amazing, amazing work with trails on the Angeles National Forest uh, and other places. Um, uh, but that being said, um, so that's my paying gig that I do during the day. And okay. then as a volunteer, I also sit on the board of the California Mountain Biking Coalition, of which this is this is the logo. Mm, yeah, that was our, on our so, thumbnail. Yeah, so this is a new group that's formed as a 501c4. So that means um, basically the way I explain it to people is it's kind of a super pack for mountain biking. Okay. So the goal of a, a C4 uh, organization is that we can actually lobby and in, um, in Sacramento, hire a lobbyist, uh, walk the halls of Sacramento and really get into the nitty gritty of legislation that leads to more public access. Gotcha. All the so politicking. Like, it's a whole other, a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. But it's super, <laughs> super exciting. Um, and I also sit on the board of something called Sprott Kids San Diego, which is a, a group run by one of my board members on SDMBA that um, provides uh, mountain bike uh, programming for kids uh, uh, between like about six and 14. So before they would get into NICA, into high school racing, this is kind of the go-between for kids that are a little younger that want to get some mountain bike coaching. So mm -hmm. I also sit on the board of Sprott Kids. Wow. So you have quite a bit of experience in the mountain bike world. Um, and you're no foreigner to the podium as well, right? <laughs> well, it's been a while. I say I always say I'm semi-retired, but I've been semi-retired for some time. Uh, the only time I really get out is if the girls really hop me up and I, I do some kind of all women's like enduro or something like that up in Big Bear. Uh, those are always a hoot, um, mostly because they have shots of fireball at the top of each run. And I'm like, <laughs> Getting braver, go. braver by the every every climb. <laughs> exactly. um, uh, but yeah, I raced for ten years uh, between um, about nineteen. Let's see, my kids are twenty seven and twenty four. Um, but between about nineteen ninety five and then about two thousand five, I raced for ten years. My husband did as well. Again, kind of followed him around. He raced for the community team for Cannondale. 
So when our kids were little, uh, we were racing in Baja. Uh, there's a whole Baja Campeonato series that my husband did really well at. And racing down there, the trails are rough. I mean, beyond rough, pretty much just uh, ridden in with a motorcycle. And then you arrive on a Saturday morning and they're like, there's the trail, go for it. It was just wow. like really rough. Oh, it's like um, a critter trail. You're like, what? Yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> and so when I came up, I, I started racing in Baja and then I came up here and raced at Big Bear and other places and it seems so groomed and like raked off. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is much better than Baja. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I raced cross country for some time and that was a lot of work. Uh, if anybody's tried it, it's a lot of training, a lot of time. You're out on the course, you know, two and a half, you know, two, two and a half hours sometimes. And then I realized that downhill was a lot shorter and I could like eat and have a beer much quicker than mm. country. So I uh, did a little bit of downhill and then somebody invented Super D, which isn't really much of a thing anymore, but um, Super D is what kind of birthed the whole enduro movement. Mm. Um, Super D was generally a race longer than a downhill race. So um, it would be say like maybe seven or eight minutes as opposed to two or three minutes and it involved a little bit of pedaling. I mean, mostly descending, but a, a couple sections of pedaling. And that was really my my gig with my kind of base of cross-country experience. Oh, yeah, I would Super imagine. was the thing. And I um, did enough of a series one year to, to get the California Am Cup uh, championship in Super D. Nice. And then it kind of all morphed into Enduro. So I've dabbled in that a little bit, not, you know, I, I don't race regularly. I just like to ride for fun now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those are some great accomplishments and, and a lot of great experience in the mountain biking um, sport. You know, so at one point you were just like the rest of us cruising around, having a good time, or the folks that are racing and, you know, really striving for podium spots and speed and time. At what point did you get interested in the political side or not, maybe I should say political side, yeah. but, you know, the movement side to um, well, advocate for trails? Yeah, once you start to really um, delve into the understanding of different um, land managers and parks, um, what got me started is that my husband and I both volunteered at Cuyamaca State Park uh, for many years as part of the mountain bike patrol. And to be honest, when we started that, it was sort of an excuse to tell my mom when my kids were little to say, hey, we're going to go do our volunteer work. Can you watch the kids? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we would go to the mountains and we'd be gone for half the day, you know, and go do our ride and do our patrol, you know, and hang out with our friends and then uh, do our little, our, our gig. And then we'd come home and get the kids. So it, it um, was very rewarding. Mountain bike patrol was super fun. Um, that's not as active as it once was. I'd love to bring that back again. Uh, we also had a poker ride up there that we raised money for the state park. And, and that was great fun as well. I ended up I, I tend to volunteer too much. I'm the person that always raises their hand and say, sure, I'll do that. I'm just a volunteer. So oh I ended God. up being the we, president. We need people like you. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up being the president of the mountain bike assistance unit up at the park uh, and doing uh, getting into advocacy work and trail work that way. Mm. Um, we ended up helping build, it, build the trail uh, called the Coldstream Trail, if anybody's familiar with that. Um, it was a two or three year build based on a lot of advocacy from people way before myself. But that's when I first really kind of uh, dug out a lot of manzanita root balls and got in there in the dirt. We worked in the snow one day, I remember. And that's where I kind of really got the bug for trail uh, advocacy and trail building. Wow. 
Yeah. That's amazing. So, so you're, you're in these positions and you know, like you're, you're protecting the trails, you're maintaining the trails. Um, and then you became, I mean, eventually you became the executive director of the San Diego Mountain Bike Association. But was there was there a lot of political stuff in this job role? Maybe maybe take us through what that what that looks like. Because I'm thinking that a lot of us want things done, but maybe they feel like things don't happen fast enough. And knowing that somebody like you, who's had such a great career and experience in the mountain bike world, are behind the scenes doing a lot of the hard work. There's there's something there that makes it, you know. It, difficult or not as fast, right? It, it's definitely not a fast thing. This is not, uh, these are not tasks for people who want immediate gratification. Um, they're not tasks for people who want to spend, you know, uh, years trying to build relationships with uh, staff people, mm. uh, things like that, wading through environmental policy, um, CEQA, which is California Environmental Quality Act, and the NEPA, which is the federal, um, you know, environmental studies. Uh, All of these things are crazy deep in red tape. Um, Mm. And so for a lot of people, it's not their cup of tea. Um, It requires building relationships with the land managers, understanding what is federal land, so in, uh, I'll speak to San Diego County. I know we probably have a lot of listeners that are up in Riverside, but it, it pertains as well. Southern California is, uh, has a lot of similar um, landscapes. So you're dealing with federal agencies, okay. which is U.S. Forest Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, BLM to some extent. Uh, we don't really have national parks that much uh, really at all in Southern California uh, that deal with trails so that we don't have to deal with national parks. And then you have state, which is state parks, and then California Department of Fish and Wildlife, to name the, the two big ones. Um, and then you have all the local jurisdictions. So you have, say, City of San Diego, the County of San Diego, City of Escondido, City of San Marcos, mm. uh, up in River, City of Marietta, City of mm. Riverside, right? And all those various counties as well. So you do have to have a big flow chart of all the land managers and who manages what because there's no point in trying to improve a trail or try to get new trail if you don't know who you're supposed to talk to. That makes sense, so, yeah. Yeah, so I use the hashtag very frequently of, you know, hashtag know your land manager mm. um, because I'll have people people spout off on, on uh, social media and say, oh, the state people are doing this and that. And I'm like, well, but you're talking about Laguna. Like that's Forest Service. And it's complicated. Like I under, I get it. It's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. But if we want to get anything done, we have to know who we're who we're dealing with. Who who the owner of the land is, or who's who's governing it, That's right? Number one. Different number set of one. rules, different relationships, different agendas. Um, Absolutely. And they they difficult. have missions too. So you know, some of them, you know, recreation is not uh, for a lot of these agencies and jurisdictions. Recreation is really not high on the list for some of them. Interesting. You know, wow. it's environment, it's conservation, uh, fire fire management, uh, and those things. And sometimes uh, recreation is way down on the list, which kind of surprises people sometimes. So our yeah. job, my job as an advocate, is to express the need, the severe need, which we all know that we need more trails, mm-hmm. and we need trails that are are fun 
and safe. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we really want to work towards having mountain bike optimized trails. Uh, but it is it is a, a tough road to hoe sometimes. Yeah, man, it sounds like it. You know, um, just down there in San Diego area, I guess there was a trail. Well, first of all, the Sweetwater Park, you guys got opened up, right? That was closed for a little while. So congratulations on that. But yeah, was that a so, big undertaking? How did, what, what yeah, was going so on there? Bike park, so, you know, Sweetwater Bike Park opened in January uh, to much hoopla. We had over a thousand people, many dignitaries at the grand opening. It was like, I, I had so much fun that day. I felt like, you know, what, when you have your wedding and you smile so hard that you, your cheeks hurt. Cheeks hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Like that day I was smiling so much. The kids were so happy that I was just, I felt like I, I needed to go home and just like, you know, ice my cheeks because yeah. I smiled so much. Um, but the, the Sweetwater Bike Park is a jewel that we worked on with the county. Um, I will say advocates way, way before me have worked on advocating for bike parks for over a decade. And it took that long to get a champion with Supervisor Greg Cox um, in District 1 uh, to finally get Sweetwater Bike Park built in Benita. It's fabulous if you haven't been there. It's open now. The new hours are 9.30 to 5 every day. Um, it's terrific. Uh, I've practiced my jumping. I'm so much better at getting a little bit in the air, like a little, you know, this much, this much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a great place to practice. And there's more bike parks popping up all over. And I, I will make the point um, you know, we have spent time on the bike parks, but we in no way as an organization feel that bike parks are any substitute for a natural single track trail mm. experience there. It's yeah. a totally different thing, but it's great for neighborhoods. It's great for the kids. There's a couple of families of kids who live directly across the street from Sweetwater Bike Park and their lives, I believe, have been changed oh, because of that bike park being so close to their house. Oh, it's going to be the fu the future. Some of the future yeah. pros are going to be probably coming right from that neighborhood. There, the pros are there. We have um, Kyle and Rachel. Well, Rachel's pregnant right now, but Kyle Strait, they're there very often. Uh, Mikel Laren, uh, uh, Dante Silva, who just won World Cup, for goodness sakes, he used to race on the team I coached for Eastlake High School. Wow. I, I mean, how amazing is that? That's amazing. I, I'm still thrilled about that, but yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, that's a great accomplishment and <laughs> and great exposure to for the sport, you know, in that in that community. And well, not think, just that community, but for everybody. Right. So there's more bike parks that are the next one's going to break ground down here, uh, Otay River Valley in Chula Vista, and then the, in the works is Carlsbad, Alpine, San Marcos, Escondido. Wow. Uh, those are the main ones. Um, but they're popping up all over. But the thing about Sweetwater Bike Park that I will say for progressive uh, jump lines and flow trails and mountain bike optimized features is that we can now have the county see that that these kind of features, when well-constructed and well-engineered, are, are safe. Like people can jump in the air. It's okay. I mean, obviously, there's going to be injuries like anything else, but really, relatively, for the number of runs that are done there, there's relatively few incidents that happen. And so we've brought people down from, you know, Parks and Rec people from, from L.A., from Temecula, from San Marcos. They all want to come down, and we can use it as a lab to say, look, if you design this thing well and it's managed well and maintained well, people can have a progressive bike experience, whether they're on a mountain bike or a dirt jumper or a BMX bike. Mm. 
That is awesome. It's a, it'll be a great example, like you said, a pearl for uh, more great things to come for a lot of cities. Yeah. Is the is the fear injury when you're talking to cities? Are they or they just is just a foreign thing? Like they're just so used to basketball courts, tennis courts, like what mountain bike? They court? are, but I always tell them somebody could break their femur on a basketball court. Like I, you know, yeah. things happen. Things happen, but um, it's kind of like you know, there's so many skateboard parks. And bike parks are covered under the same uh, recreational use statute in law mm -hmm. that um, if a jurisdiction opens a facility like a skate park or a bike park, they're they're protected by this recreational use statute. Somebody could still sue them. I mean, somebody can sue about anything. Yeah. But this statute really protects them as a jurisdiction where me like as, as an organization, as a nonprofit, I would never be able to to. Um, own enough insurance to buy enough insurance to open up a, a SDMBA bike park, say, right. I would never, we would never be able to afford that wow. because we, we would have to provide uh, liability insurance where a jurisdiction uh, is protected by this use statute. Wow. That's crazy to think of all the different <laughs> politics and, you know, insurance yeah. and that and immunity to it and suing and <laughs> it's like, I just want to pedal around and have a good time. <laughs> These are the meetings and the documents that I get to go through that you guys pay me to go through so you don't have to. So Yeah, no, and we need people like you that are in positions to get things done. Um, speaking of getting things done, I know that um, some of the folks and folks, if you're if you're out there watching and listening, um, this is definitely interactive. So if you guys want to post any questions in there, uh, we'll see it in the live chat and we can always talk about it. So feel free to post those up. Um, I know that I was talking to some of the folks down in San Diego and Susie, one of the things they were talking about is kind of a situation like we have at Greer, but it's out at Santee for you guys, right? It's some kind of trails. There's, there's potential developer that wants to come in or maybe owns the stuff. Yep. So, um, can you kind of give sure. us a little bit of a rundown on that location? Yeah. I mean, again, in Southern California, this is a story that translates across Riverside, San Bernardino, LA, San Diego, as far as, um, you know, the need for housing. Uh, developers own these large plots of land and they're having a struggle um, trying to bring these projects to fruition uh, because a lot of them end up going to a vote and the neighbors, you know, there's all this NIMBY stuff and fire, fire and traffic. Like, I understand. I understand. Uh, but our thing is we're not pro-house or anti-house. We're pro-trail. Okay. Right? Right. And so there's been a lot of trail lost right here to my east where I live in Chula Vista. Trails we used to ride that are now covered by houses. Mm. People that live near Penasquitos, right? We used to have the whole trail system called intestines. For those of you that are really old. Um, uh, that was all trails, amazing trails, which are now all covered by houses. Mm -hmm. At that point, there was nobody to go to the developer as a trail advocate or as a, a recreation advocate to say, hey, if these houses are going to be built, like, wouldn't it be cool as an asset to your people that are buying your houses if there was a trail system, right, that led to the open space that's next to your development? Mm -hmm. So... The development in Santee that you mentioned is called Finita Ranch. Finita um, Ranch, okay. It was, um, it's been 20 years in the making. It has the same opponents who are shouting, uh, you know, from their side, fire, you know, fire danger, uh, urban sprawl, suburban sprawl, mm. uh, too much traffic on the 52. 
you know, all the arguments that you would envision is on that property has been a long standing, unsanctioned uh, system of trails uh, that is highly valued by uh, mountain bikers. Okay. So, um, to make it a, a short a story as I can, um, the development was approved by the city council uh, a month ago. Okay. Oh wow! So this um, is recent. In a positive, a positive vote. But now, what's happening is that there is potential litigation, and there is a group uh, in town that is gathering signatures. Which I, from it was an article in the paper the other day that they it may be forced to a ballot uh, vote. Okay. Um, and so, uh, I'm not sure it's really in flux right now. In the meantime, uh, it's an area that, uh, people still, uh, enjoy, um, if they have somebody to show them where it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, uh, we talk regularly with the developer, uh, to see how we might help. And again, we're not pro house or anti house, but if there are going to be houses, we want quality trails. We yes. don't want 12 foot wide decomposed granite peeler log tr- pathways, baby stroller pathways. Yeah. We want that's okay up around the houses, right? If you want to walk your baby on a stroller and your dog and your chihuahua and whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But if there's surrounding trails that are single track, that are primitive, uh, that are valued, in my opinion, having a housing development with a, a quality, um, trail system next to it that people can hike and ride bikes that's like a golf course that's an amenity that's an amenity to the community that would be highly valued by people that buy those houses i mean back in the 70s it was like oh we want to live in a golf course now i can show you multitudes of of uh housing developments in arizona and colorado and utah Mm -hmm. there's no golf courses but there's amazing mountain bike trails right outside new york yeah, nothing like having that beautiful open space to really enrich yeah. the the neighborhood. In fact, Warren G here has a comment: highly valued, highly yeah. valued, <laughs> highly and, valued. Yes. And then, um, not to get off subject, but definitely want to uh, put this one out there, and then definitely get back to what we're talking about here. But it says uh, Jeff here says, "Will there be any upcoming trail repair days in the Black Mountain and PQ area? Any plans for new trails in those areas, or any new areas?" So the second part, any plans for new trails in those areas or any uh, new areas? So in Black Mountain and PQ, yes, there is. There are many um, trails in the plans uh, in the future. And actually on our SDMBA YouTube channel, um, earlier, um, a few months ago, we did a series of three um, sort of Zoom podcasts. We're not as sophisticated as you, Mark, but anyway, we did these oh. Zoom podcasts. <laughs> Um, and the last one, part three, we talked about the future development of trails uh, in the Black Mountain area. So if people want to look at that, they can. Okay. Um, and we have some maps and things on there. Uh, so yes, there are plans. Um, now, here's the funny thing about COVID and volunteer work. Mm. So we've worked um, over the late spring and the summer with our land managers to see how can we get back to work, right? We do most of our work in the wintertime when the weather is cooler and we hopefully have some rain, which I think is coming this weekend. Yes, yes, Saturday, Sunday, cross fingers. (laughs) Um, Because trying to work in the summer, number one, we don't want to kill our volunteers because you saw how hot it was this summer, horrible. Plus, you can't do trail work when the the ground is dry. If you try to do tread work, it's just going to blow away. There's nothing sticks. You can't compact everything 
it's if anybody's trying to do trail work in the summer in Southern California, uh, we can have a chat. Oh, dry, uh, so dry, dusty treadmills. <laughs> horrible. You know how hard it is. Even if you took a pick to the ground, you can hardly make a dent in it. Um, so to answer Jeff's question, uh, Black Mountain and PQ are both managed by City of San Diego. So now um, we have worked out a new volunteer protocols with almost all of our land managers. So Forest Service, yes, we have our crews out on Noble Trimming. Uh, they've yeah. been out since June, right? U.S. Forest nice. Service was the first one. Uh, we worked with the county on new protocols for groups of 10 people or less using okay. you know, don't share tools, hand sanitizer, mat, you know, all the things I don't need to get into. Um, uh, pretty much City of Escondido, Daly Ranch, uh, La Costa, Center for Natural Lands Management. Um, other people have all gone with the county. I'm like, here's what we're doing with the county. Do you guys like this? Is this, is this cool with you? Yeah, follow. And they've all said, yep, same thing. We're all good with 10 people or less for right now and follow all the protocols. Awesome. So we're trying, we're getting some um, dates on the calendar internally right now, and we'll have those out soon. Mm, um, and nice. guess who the only holdout is, Jeff? City of San Diego. Wow. City of San Diego, we had a call with the director of Parks and Rec, uh, whose name is Andrew Field, if anybody would like to call him and ask him why we're not allowed to do trail work. Um, and I, I asked him, we gave him the county protocols, and I said, is there a reason that the city of San Diego is holding themselves to a, high, a higher uh, standard for some reason than the county or the state? And yeah. he didn't really uh, have an answer for me. But we're, gonna, yeah. we're, we're continuing to push him. Because when I talk about the city of San Diego, that's not only Black Mountain and PQ, that's uh, Tri-Canyon area, so Rose Canyon, uh, Marion Bear, uh, San Clemente Canyon, all of, all of Mission Trails. Um, uh, and other places. So, I mean, that's a lot of our areas that we work in, and I don't think it's acceptable that they have all of a sudden decided to not follow the county guidelines. Yeah, it makes you wonder if how aware he is of the movement. He's probably thinking, of, maybe I'll check my email to see, did the state really, right? the county really? Right. <laughs> Warren G says, um, <laughs> he said, highly valued, but he said, you know, I just moved here. So talking about that neighborhood with the yeah. trails. Um, yeah, he's also yeah, understand, Warren, that um, uh, that area of Finita has some um, champions who have forged uh, the trails in that area, and they, um, I'd be, I, we've, I know this conversation goes around about Greer as well. Don't mm -hmm. go out doing any modifications without understanding who the OGs are. Like, you need to understand who the people are that um, have done this for years, yeah. you know? The native yeah. folks and, and maybe warren can uh he'll be out there we'll run into those folks who's generally pretty yeah and i am not when I'm, having days. I'm not a mystery on social media so if anybody wants to message me on uh wherever just yeah get a hold of me yeah yeah and warren also says that he'll give that guy a call for the city so that'll help i mean <laughs> yeah. just a, a share of voice you know um yeah. Let's see, NTY72, here we go, That this is the person. So um, contact this person, write them, call them, and let them know that the state, the state and the county say it's good to go. So just yeah. the city to say, oh yeah. Say you're a willing volunteer and San Diego Mountain Bike Association is standing by with work already prioritized and we just need to get back to work. There you yeah. go, there you go. Oh, this is good, make an impact, I love it. Um, Jeff says, uh, by the way, thank you for all you do. Uh, oh. More trails, please. 
which is awesome. Okay, have another one here from Miso Dustin. Any plans on bringing back the Archipelago ride next year? This is the this is the fifty miler, correct? That goes from Carlsbad yeah. down into the Green Flash Brewery. Yes. Yeah, so this is um, this year would have been our fourteenth year, and mm. so it goes from San Alejo Hills uh, to Green Flash and Mira Mesa, the fifty mile. 45, 50 mile route. And uh, the last year we had a, a shorter route, uh, 22, 23 miles from Black Mountain into Green Flash. Um, we are in a holding pattern right now. Again, uh, any of these events, we have to get permits through the county and permission from all the other various uh, land managers that we pass through on the route. And at this point, I Green Flash, I was just chatting with uh, one of the guys from Green Flash and they're like, we are not even ready to talk about anything in the first quarter. Um, Archipelago ride would generally, uh, this year if things were normal for 2021, it would be April 2nd, which is actually the day before Easter. Okay. And Green Flash isn't even ready to even talk about uh, events in their space. So uh -huh. I... I keep a very close eye on what other event planners and promoters are doing. Um, and I understand that, you know, the, the, we're not alone in the fact as an organization, we obviously took in money. Like, so we're holding people's money to produce an event in the future. Like we rolled everybody over. Most mm -hmm. people we rolled over. And so we may have to do it in the fall. Like we may have to just do a fall arc, right? I'm not really sure yet. Mm. Do you but, think also too, I wonder if there is a way just thinking out loud here is there a way to do one virtually you know if, if everyone uses strava perhaps there could be the club sdmba club where it's the ride if things are still in covid we may know. have to think i mean i've seen i've been following people who have done a lot of virtual rides and events uh as well through this whole time just kind of uh taking notes and keeping an eye on what's been successful and what hasn't so that it may be i mean i really i i hope 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 that things can loosen up um yeah. you know into next spring but uh we'll just uh, we're at the whim of of our gracious host at green flash and um our other people we have to get permits from so mm, yeah. yeah no hope so too it'd be great to have that back you know yeah, yeah. that yeah. that would be that would be awesome um <laughs> So as far as those trails go, um, do we pretty much cover everything for that Santee area? Oh, at Bonita, so we're just kind of waiting to see how this, uh, if there's any litigation or how this petition situation that was in the paper the other day okay. unfolds. Um, uh, yes, that's right. Uh, but we're, we, we talked with the developer uh, very recently and um, just offered uh, whatever, uh, you know, just trying to let them know that we're here and I, it's kind of in flux right now. So okay. I would, yeah. And if, if things go through and they move forward, you know, and, and thank God you guys have a, a relationship there with a the developer. Mm -hmm. Can you strike a deal where, Hey, the houses go up. That's cool. You get what you want, but we want to keep these trails. We've been using yeah, them. They're in the plan. They're in, they are. They're in the, okay. Yeah. The plant, the trails, some of the trails, some of the most highly prized trails, um, are in the map in the environmental review uh, study in the EIR okay. and they're listed as primitive single track like two foot trails Which, I mean we've worked five years to get that in to get that in the plan and there's people there are people that are not happy about that part of the plan okay. there are we have opponents who are not happy not on the not on the mountain bike side but on the developing side maybe on or? the conservation environmental side 
Oh, got it. Okay. Wow. So many pieces that are, <laughs> you think it's a two-person fight and then all of a sudden, who's that? Oh, <laughs> Someone never, else jumps never, in. Never a two-person fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, could, when things are in the, you said it's the IER or when the they're- The IER, the environmental review. When they make it into the ER, is that as good as 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 their word? I mean, they it's can't. Pretty, it's pretty solid unless somebody tries to uh, an environmental group or a conservation group might try to fight part of it or protest part of it. Um, but okay. it's already gone through. It's already gone through a public comment period. Okay. Um, so we're pretty far along. I just I don't. I'm not an expert at how um, all this litigation might work or what the fallout might be mm, okay Not but as far but as far as the agreement between the you know mountain biking association and the the builder they can't do a bait and switch at the end and build over the trails or kind of you know no, do anything not, like that i would hope not no okay no. okay yeah it would it sounds like it's it's so official at that point that if they did something like that let's just, it would... let's just here here's what i'll say is that i the ground is not going to break there anytime soon and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Very good. There you go, guys, down there in San Diego. Enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> um, Don't tell them I said that, but the ground's not going to break anything. Yeah, this is all alleged anyways, by the way, you guys. Alleged. you know, <laughs> Things can change. As we all know, things change fast. But um, that's really good to hear. Now, hey, let's talk, about, let's talk about COVID real quick since we were just talking about that and how it's slowing things down. COVID created a ton of new mountain bikers and a ton of new hikers, a ton of a lot of trail lovers. So, you know, as you know, when you go out there, you see a little bit of everything now and people who maybe have never been in a trail in their life are out there enjoying it. And I think it's awesome. But let's talk a little bit about trail etiquette, because if if you don't know if it's an uphill, downhill, like do you who do you yield to the horse, the, the hiker, the biker? Um, <laughs> What, what, you know, give us a rundown on, on trail etiquette. And I'm sorry, guys, if this is really basic, this is just something I want to get out for a lot of the new folks that are coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. So I'll say as long as mountain biking has been around, which is about 30 years, um, about that long has also been debates over trail etiquette and what are the best practices. Um, groups like uh, Corba in LA um, and IMBA which was a spinoff of CORBA. So IMBA is the International Mountain Bike Cycling Association. So they're like kind of our a national uh, group that does advocacy work at a very high level uh, with federal government and, uh, and others. Um, but they have, uh, you know, the triangle that everybody sees. I don't know if I have one here. Anyway, the triangle with the, like the horseback rider and the hiker and the biker. I've seen that it, on the signs. All yeah. those arrows all those arrows that are pointing all different directions, it means that the biker is like the low person on the totem pole okay. and the biker, the cyclist needs to yield to, to everybody else technically is what the triangle is. Okay. Now the triangle is a fairly rigid, uh, rigid sort of um, structure. And, and there's a lot more nuance to trail etiquette in my mind than the triangle. Uh, so I think that when we, try to uh, develop signage with uh, different agencies. Like, you know, we did one, let me see if I can pull this down real quick. Like we've done work with the county and the city. I don't know if you can see this. Like this is a little more broad. Like it's kind of like share and be aware, mm. be alert, be courteous, be a steward. Gotcha, right? yeah. So it's got the triangle, it's got the triangle right here. 
there's the triangle. Mm, right? I see it. Yep. But this is a little more, um, a little more broad. Uh, and I like be alert and be courteous and be a steward. So mm. basic things like, um, you know, be nice and say hi. Mm-hmm. Like don't ride some by somebody and just blow by them and don't, you know. Yeah. Um, try to uh, anticipate things. Like don't come around blind corners. Like always expect somebody's maybe there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't scare people. Horses are very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the, there's a lot of trails in San Diego where there's horses, but you kind of have to know the places where they're going to be. Like Cleamaca can have a lot of horse. Quimaca State Park can have a lot of horses. Laguna sometimes, I don't see a lot up there. In Penasquito, sometimes you see horses. Um, Hodges, not like Lake Hodges, not so much. You're not going to see horses at Greer. Um, you know, even riding up in Big Bear in different areas. Like horses are, you know, I would say we run across them so infrequently, or at least I do where I ride, that when we do see them, like just stop and let them, let the rider tell you, the rider of the horse should be the person to say, hey, can you guys stop or stand over here while we go by? Mm. Like they should be in charge. Okay. Granted, you might run across a horse person who doesn't understand that, yeah. uh, but they need to, their horses should be trail ready and aware and they need to be aware as well. But it's it's. I think the most problems of social conflict on a trail come when people are surprised, mm. right? So if you can anticipate and think ahead, and don't bomb around blind corners, I think that would alleviate a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Good. Uh, but uh, other trail etiquette, I see lots of um, debate about the who yields uh, people going uphill or people going downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and a good one for the single single track both ways. Yeah, yeah. this to be a big bone of contention. The thirty year old, uh, you know, best practice is that riders going uphill have the right of way. Okay. Uh, you know, e bikes kind of. I don't want to get on e bikes tonight at all, but that kind of throws a different wrench in it. But um, yeah. you know, if I'm climbing a hill, like I don't, and I'm you know think I'm going to make it up whatever I'm trying to make it. Like I don't want to stop for somebody coming down. I know there's a lot of uh, people that have long discussions about physics and momentum and <clears throat> all of this stuff, but it's a lot easier to stop coming downhill. Depends on the area, you know, depends on the area. But yeah. for me, really, you know, not to be vulgar, but um, just uh, be nice and say hi and don't be, don't be an a-hole. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, make, it makes sense. I mean, you got you got trail runners, hikers. I mean, we know we all know the folks with the horses generally have the cashish. <laughs> so, and they may even be the landowners for all we know. Um, so it's always good to have them on your side. That's right. for sure. Um, right. What's up, Obi Wan, <laughs> Tony? How are you, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you for being on here. Are there um, really wild donkeys at Hilda Crooks? It sounds like yeah, wow. wild wild wow. ones. Yeah, but trail etiquette is super important. I think that um, you kind of know the. it takes, if a hiker's out and they have one negative experience with a mountain biker, they're going to say every mountain biker is mm, bad, God, right? so true. They yeah. could have, uh, people tend to uh, use, you know, to exaggerate, right, How, a situation. And they could have 10 positive interactions of passing somebody saying, hey, have a great day, have a great hike. And then they have one bad interaction and then all the mountain bikers are bad. Mm. All of them. 
Wow. And it takes a long time to get rid of that negative story in their head. Yeah. So the more that we can have positive interactions with everybody on every trail as much as we can, uh, the better. Yeah, no, so true. And who knows who these people are? You know, they might be the people that we need, the gatekeepers that are holding the key yep. to if a new trail exists or, or doesn't. You know, so. I, get, I get a lot of complaints in my inbox or I get a lot of emails from rangers who tell me that they had a really bad complaint from somebody about a mountain biker and there's not, you know, I tell them it's not just because I'm do the job I do. I don't know every mountain biker in San Diego. There's like 50,000 estimated mountain bikers in San Diego. I don't know them all. Wow. I know a lot of them. I know a lot of the loud ones, but I don't yeah. know all of them. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's funny that the culture, the mountain bike culture really does seem like, a very warm, you know, they could be rowdy, right? Of course, yeah. they're, they're going down some great trails. They're they're <laughs> talented. They're gnarly. But for the most part, if you're on the side of the trail, it's generally everybody that says, hey, man, you okay? Or is everything good? Yeah. They're always yeah. are checking in. It's such a great community. Yeah. And I just... It's always been that way. It's always yeah, been that way. I love that. Now, yeah. is that something... Do you know how... Is that just because we're all out on the trails and we're kind of banded together in a, I a... think so. I mean, to me, riding as long as I have, it's always been a thing that if somebody's on the side and they look, you know, you have everything you need, you need a tool, you need mm -hmm. a tube, like, what do you need? Um, I, it's just always been uh, the way it is. I mean, um, and I hope that all the new people have enough good examples with people that they're riding with, new friends they're making that are showing them that example. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. The OGs have a good way of um, patrolling the culture, which is great. I, yeah. I do love that. Uh, Jeff here has a good comment. He says, scary is the hiker walker with the headphones on in both ears that freak out when you ride by them and then they yell at you. Right. Um, we've all had this happen. Uh, we did a video with the county and a little thing that we did was like one butt or none. Like one I, or none. Okay. People that are wearing two earbuds. I mean, I know that now there's all the fancy headphones that are kind of like out of your ear. Mm -hmm. I forget what they're called. The ones that kind of yeah. still let you hear. The the bone the ear bone yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You can hear your surroundings with those like, ones. If you have to have music on, I, those are better because at least you have a little situational awareness. Mm -hmm. Um but the hike you know, people that are uh, you know, using two in-ear earbuds and walking, I just don't understand. And I've had this, I have a bell going, I'm dinging my bell, I'm saying hi, and you still come up on them and they're like, whoa! Yeah. I'm like, that's totally on you, man. I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't yeah. know. And yeah. I always go by and I go take, I don't have those in. I ride yeah. by and I'm like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, you know, what can you do? There's nothing else you can do other than just... I mean, there's nothing, you know, I one of the top things is you, you're you out in the wild. There could be, who knows, mm -hmm. coyotes, mountain lions, uh, other people, who knows. You should have situational awareness, number one. You should yeah. be able to hear. You should be able to see and anticipate what's going on mm -hmm. around you, weather-wise, um, you know, just terrain-wise. There's no um, reason for the earbuds. Yeah, you never know what's out there. Mountain lions, rattlesnakes. You want to be able to hear yeah, that stuff so you can be yeah. like, I, I got the warning. Sounds snakes good to a, me. They got a rattle for a reason. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to warn you. They're trying to warn you. Exactly, exactly. 
Oh, uh, look at this. MYT72, nice McGill deck you have in the background. He has a shop in Encinitas. I know, I, oh. I, love, I love that place. You can, you can still get the old school decks like that at that shop. Um, the place is awesome. Uh, Obi-Wan Toady is asking, hey, what's the best MTB movie to get me pumped before a ride? Do you have one, Susie? I, I have one if you, if, if you need one. You know, uh, that one that came out um, from Ant Hill Films, that Ritual? Okay. Is that what it's called? Oh my God, I love that one. Is it called is... Ritual? I have to look it up real quick. I love that. And I would um, say while, while she's looking that up, I, I, I love watching um, T-Rex and the Reckless Riders. Those guys <laughs> are, are, are legit. <laughs> those guys send it. If you get a chance, Obi-Wan Tody, check those guys out. Those uh, That'll get you pumped up. Uh, Jeff says to the comment about the hikers that, you know, blow up on you when they've got both earphones in. He says, yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Oh, what about, was it was it Rome? MIT72 says, is it Rome? No, it's Ritual. I think it's Ed Hill Films. It came out, we had a showing, a screening of it at uh, up in Encinitas at the um, La Paloma. Oh, sweet. Love yeah. that little place. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's so many good ones. I was yeah. trying to think of... Oh, gosh. There's another guy on YouTube. I, I'll try to think of his name. He's He came to our... The first year that we had our Mount Laguna Trail Fest, he came and did a video, a couple videos. He did one at Black Mountain, and then he, when he was up in the mountains, they did a video on Noble Canyon. Um, Are these San Diego writers? No, no, they're from somewhere else. Okay. Uh, Alex, I'll have to think of his. He has a YouTube channel, Single Speed. Oh, MTB Allen, maybe? There's no. A guy out there who does no, stuff there. I'll have to think of it. I should have looked at these things up before. <laughs> oh, no, no. This is all good conversation. This is, this is great. You're giving us great information. Um, now, let's talk about, so we're talking about, we talked about trail etiquette. Let's talk a little bit about trail safety because, boy, within the last four weeks, what did we have? How many how many deaths so have we had? It's been, it's been like six weeks now. So the, there has been five deaths of mountain bikers in five. the last weeks. Jesus, the first, Jesus. The first one was in mid-September. So f that I know of, that I know of, that I've been in touch with people, um, there were four deaths in San Diego County, mm -hmm. uh, the first one being mid-September. And then there's um, the gentleman that you mentioned at the beginning yeah. of the show. Roger in Ray's, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm not going to get into too many details, but I'll just say that the four in San Diego were all either heat or heart related. Okay. Uh, it's when the weather was a little hotter, right? So remember like mid, mid, late September into early October was hot, right? The fire was, fires were going on. Mm -hmm. There was some really hot days. Uh, but I would say to have a heat related incident, heat stroke or heat exhaustion or dehydration, um, it doesn't, it could be 82 degrees. Like it could be 85. It doesn't have to be 105. You never know um, what can happen. Heat is is not to be messed with, especially when you're out exerting yourself. Uh, so as, as far as being safe in, in that type of environment at 82 degrees, seemingly, I mean, hot, you know, Indian summer-ish, um, Santa Ana's, what, what do you recommend? I mean... So I would just say um, trail safety overall, uh, we can talk about the heat stuff first. I would just okay. say... Um, all the mountain bikers that I know that have done this for some time, we keep a pretty close eye on the weather and we plan where we're going to ride based on that. 
Uh, and in the hotter times of the year, we just don't go to places. You know, we just, or we ride early, right? Mm-hmm. Or ride late. Um, yeah, and I, we, I know that up here. <laughs> right. I mean, look at Greer. There's, you know, there's certain days where people should not be out at Greer in the middle of the afternoon, really. Mm-hmm. Um, time gets really hot, yeah. I, I, I hope that all of the new right, newer riders are understanding and looking at um, guidelines for how much water they need to carry with them um and making sure that they're prepared and where do you Um, find where do you find that sorry Susie. yeah that that's interesting point are there guidelines that live somewhere that kind of tell you again i I wish i would have looked this up ahead of time but i'm sure there's plenty of um i don't know the exact like if it's a a leader or like a court for how many hours you're going to be out i'm sure there are articles i'm sorry i don't have something at the tip mm. of my fingers no that's great but to know that something out there exists like oh that. yeah that's here's the thing you you could say i'm going to go do a couple runs at greer i don't need any water right mm-hmm. or i have my little costco bottle of water and i'm going to pop it in my backpack or i'm going to pop it in my bottle cage or whatever you never know say it's 90 degrees right you get mm-hmm. out there it's 90 degrees what if you get a flat or what if something happens, a mechanical happens that takes you some time to fix, mm. right? And the sun's mm. beating down mm-hmm. and nobody comes along to bring you other water. And then you're out there and you overextend your time in the heat, right? And I know Greer, I mean, it's pretty accessible. You can get back down to the bottom fairly quickly, but you could be at Noble Canyon or you could be somewhere. And I just hope that people, people, um, are always prepared, always plan for, you know, I hate to say worst case scenario, but I mean, you should plan that, you know, you're going to be out, you should have a snack on you, you should have, you know, at least a full bottle, at least one full bottle of water, if not two on you, or a hydration pack that's, you know, fairly full. Okay. You never know. It's okay yeah. to come home with extra water, right? Yeah, right. Or you, I mean, could, or, you could, or you could help somebody else, right? You can offer water to somebody else. Yeah. Right? God, so it's I hard. Think I see Obi-Wan's question here. So just yeah. so the four the four people in San Diego that passed away were all um, heat and heart related. Um, I don't want to get into all the details. Uh, some may have had some underlying situations that they weren't aware of. Um, and then the one in Riverside mm-hmm. um, that I'm not as familiar with, but I understand that was a crash. Right. Not, not a immediate fatality, but after he was in the hospital he succumbed to his injuries yeah yeah that, that my was, understanding that one was a sad one i actually i think he passed on the trail i think they tried to resuscitate oh. him there okay. and by the time they got help came in but i think it was too late it was uh okay yeah it was one of those anyway, and there yeah. there was a story i posted it yesterday on my facebook page there was a death of a writer up at downeyville as mm. well was writing God. by himself and, uh i don't know th- from the story that was posted by the Forest Service, it must have taken at least 50 uh, emergency responders to a uh, helicopter and find this guy and finally get him out. And by the time they got him out, he, is, he had already passed away. Oh, man. Um, man. Yeah. That's rough. Maybe this is a good point to, to plug it. And I, I don't, this show isn't sponsored by Strava or anything, but I just <laughs> know that in Strava, if you are going to go out alone, there is a feature on there called Beacon. Yep. And you you definitely want to send that beacon to a contact who is 
either not writing with you, somebody who's at home or waiting for you, somebody who knows, kind of has tabs on you in case something happens, the GPS should pick up where you are. Absolutely. And and the Strava Beacon is great. You can buy um, a little like spot tracker as well, which is another whole system for tracking where you are. And then somebody at home knows right where you are. Um, Trail Forks also has, uh, when you have the app on your phone and you go to the menu, um, at the bottom of the main menu, it says, there's a big red emergency button and it'll give the coordinates of where you are. Um, so whatever app you're using, you need to understand and, and look into while you're sitting at your couch at home, mm-hmm. you need to look into these emergency locator um, uh, capabilities and then uh, know how to use them, whether it's for you or for somebody else that you find on the trail. Because you could come up, um, we had a friend that, that died of a broken neck on Anderson Truck Trail uh, several years ago. He was by himself hmm. and another person came along to find him uh, already passed away on the trail but you, oh, if you come upon a, it's a horrible story horrible but if you come upon a situation like that what are you going to do how are you how are you going to call 911 which say at Greer you have coverage mm-hmm. you know you can call 911 but how are you going to tell them where you are you need to know how to find your coordinates right and that's good that's a great point to 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 say because a lot of these features that we have that that track our times and everything they will have our coordinates in there so i had no idea trail forks had that in there so that's that's really good to know yeah and then as far as other first aid i mean i'm i'm an old girl scout a very old girl scout and i've taken first aid and cpr more times than i probably want to remember um but if if you know and i know we have a lot of writers that are ex-military or maybe law enforcement so they are you know hopefully up to date on these things but other people if you haven't taken just a, they have it all online now, basic CPR and first aid through the Red Cross. I think it's like 35 bucks, a couple hours of your time, like at least to be aware what you should carry in your pack. Um, and, and if you want to take it to another level, I'm this, a goal of mine and soon is to take wilderness first aid. Uh, there's a group called Knowles, N-O-L-S, that offers uh, wilderness first aid. It's like a two hour or two day class. Um, it's a whole other level of how, how to deal with backcountry uh, injuries and incidents and heat incidents and hypothermia. And, but it's a whole other level, all about, you know, if you're a skier or a rock climber or a mountain biker, or a backpacker, like how to deal with those kind of uh, situations. So those classes are available as well. Mm-hmm. But the more people we have on the trail that are trained uh, to any extent to help other people um, and to have yourself be prepared, I think is important. Um, And I know, you know, a lot of people ride by themselves, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Which is okay. But if you do that, make sure that somebody at home has, knows where you are and when you should be home, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then it's not a bad idea to have a little card in your pack, you know, if you ride with a hydration pack or something. And I know this is horrible. It seems horrible to say, but should have, you know, your information on it, um, contact information uh, and any medical uh, things you might have going on and just to have that in your pack because if somebody comes upon you and they have to call the EMTs they're going to go through your pack and see if, if there's any information there so yeah god um, that's a good point kind of serious, serious stuff to talk about but it's very important and I just I'm so really I'm pretty distraught over uh, the recent fatalities and I've always prided myself with land managers saying oh it's always the hikers that have to get helicoptered off of like you know Mount Woodson or cowls or iron mountain it's always the hikers they're the ones that aren't prepared but now and i've always said oh mountain bikers are 
they carry the right things. They're, they're, they're riding together. They take care of each other. They're, they're self-sufficient, but now I don't know. I'm worried about, um, you know, people not being prepared. Yeah. And with so many of us, yeah, (laughs) so many of us that are new, you know, they may, we may not even realize, um, things that we need to carry and the unpredictable could happen, like you said, and before you know it, you're out of water and you're out in the middle of nowhere. It's just, it's the mom and me, it's the mom and the old girl scout. I just want everybody to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny though. It, it, it definitely weighs heavily. You know, when I, when I learned about Roger Ray's, I, I didn't know him personally, but just knowing that it's somebody that's like yourself, you know, enjoys the great outdoors, loves, has a passion for mountain biking and, and was, you know, cut short there on, on doing something that they love. So anyway, so mm-hmm. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Mark, Mark Plot here has, has one, and I, I think we may have covered it a little bit, but uh, love the one way trails in PQ. How do they get implemented and will there be more? That was um, so Tunnel Four and uh, Bowtie and so on. Um, those got signed uh, late spring, kind of in the middle of the shutdown, uh, sort of. It had been the Rangers at the city had talked about trying that for a long time, and I think they figured as long as everything else was kind of like, you know, uh, different and unusual in 2020, they figured they would go ahead and try it as a trial. Um, There's been obviously a lot of discussion about it. Some people really like it. Some people don't. Um, It's a little, uh, you know, I probably would have suggestions uh, about it going forward. Um, But we need to probably, now that it's been several months about it, uh, we probably should uh, need to get with uh, Ranger Gina at Penny Skatos and kind of see what she's hearing from people. Because, like, I hear one side of it. But what she's hearing as a land manager might be a little different. So we kind of need to compare notes and see if it's successful. Like I think um, I wish Tunnel 4 was truly downhill because hikers can still come up. And to me, that's what's the point? Like if it's going to be downhill, like it should be downhill for everybody. Um, mm. uh, so it's it's got its it's got its issues. I think it's a great experiment. I mean, I ride in plenty of other places. I, you know, we just got back from Sedona and Moab and Park City, and there's Ooh, plenty of beautiful. stuff like one way. Yeah. Um, just, the problem in San Diego is that everything's multi-use, right? So uh, most things are equestrian hikers and horses, or equestrians, hikers, and mountain bikers. So it's hard hard to negotiate all of those groups uh, for one way trails. But uh, it's a good mm-hmm. experiment. I'm happy that they're trying. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great that they're trying and they're open to it and that they're writers yeah. that, that love it. So yeah. um, that's good feedback and good to know all around. Um, yeah. Looks like there's a question here. Hey, Mark Hill, this is Justin off, <laughs> off Jeff's phone. My question, why zigzag up only? Come on. Like pushbacks? I'm thinking he's referring to switchbacks. Yeah. Um, Justin, let us know, Justin, if that is um, what you mean. <laughs> for that but I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about about switchbacks but uh, yeah, yeah i mean is I mean, that just an easier way to get up versus you know obviously a yeah. straight line up is always hard right so right it makes a loop i mean i i, I think the thought was that tunnel four gotcha. is is super fun uh down although it's a great climb too i don't mind climbing tunnel four uh but we had to make a loop somehow right so a decision had to be made uh, you know, it could be made the other way. Like if you went up tunnel four and down switchbacks, 
no matter what decision the ranger makes, like somebody's always going to be like, you should have done it the other way. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, I, you know, that's what they decided to try. Gotcha. Yeah. And that was exactly, uh, he was referring to it was the switch. I'm glad I could interpret zigzag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's what we thought he was talking about. We just wanted to make sure. Uh, Obi-Wan Toadie says, real quick, love the intro on your newest video. Super clean. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> I, I just uh, released a video today. It was called Escaping the Stress. And it was all about, you know, the elections and the fires yeah. and the pandemic and the finances and job loss. And, uh, you know, Yosemite National Park just opened up the park to you yeah. no longer need reservations to get in. So we were there yeah. for the opening day and uh, made a video out of it. So thank Hi. you. Thank you, Obi-Wan. So I appreciate it. My that. daughter was just up last week. They had a great time as well. Such a beautiful place. It's yeah, it you could just point the camera anywhere and just uh, <laughs> um, um, yes. So I was just gonna say, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but um, we've covered a lot of ground. There's, you know, this this work is very uh, complicated. There's a lot of different facets, right? Okay. Um, and we try to balance, uh, you know, my ten board members and myself and Ben, who's our trails coordinator. We try to. Um, you know, balance all the work with fun. Like we still like to go out. We were all camping a couple weekends ago up at Mount Laguna together and we ride and we try to balance that because it's, the work can be very um, frustrating at times, right? The winds mm -hmm. can be seen, you know, few and far between. Uh, but uh, anyway, we persevere. Um, but I will just say, and I know that you're reaching people around the Southland. So um, if you're not a member of your local trails association, I mm. would recommend that you do. Okay. It's a good investment because, I mean, our basic membership for SDMBA is 39 bucks a year. That's totally there are some doable. discounts from sponsors and things that you get. Um, and uh, that investment, like I said earlier, allows me to go to super boring meetings and scour you know city council agendas and board of supervisor agendas and follow the elections so now luckily i'm friends with a couple of people who are now new in their board of supervisors positions Ooh, so that's, that's huge super, yeah super handy so yes. i we keep up those relationships uh we just went on a walk today of a trail with the forest supervisor for the cleveland national forest so we have those relationships and by having a paid staff person i could go to a random meeting or a zoom call at like 9 30 on a tuesday when you guys are all working mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway yeah. that's what you know the money pays for for that and for studies and plans and uh all sorts of things so um but there's not just you know sdmba covers all of san diego county and then for those of you that live in riverside there's the inland valley mountain bike association and they're the ones that have really been working with the county and the developer and other people on greer Mm, uh, yeah. And we've supported that effort. Holly Cass is a badass downhiller and their president. And she needs support. She needs board members. She needs volunteers. She needs people to help her talk to the city and the county. So look them up. Um, become a member. If you live further north, um, there's uh, SHARE is the Orange County um, uh, mountain bike advocacy group. And then CORBA is Greater L.A., Okay. Uh, concerned off-road bicycles association there's also the mount Wilson mount wilson mountain bike association if any, any of you have uh ridden up at mount wilson it's awesome they've been really impacted by the fires so they're going to have a lot of restoration work uh mm. to recover from the fires 
um, but they're an awesome group as well. And then for those of you that travel all around, like I belong to Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz, which is an awesome organization. If you've ridden the flow trails at the Fluckwell demonstration for us, I belong to the the association up in Bellingham, the Whatcom County um, uh, Mountain Bike Association. I belong to the, Sedona, the group in Sedona. Oh, I belong wow. to the group in Park City. I, I am members of all of these. I give them my 30 bucks a year and I in Moab, I go travel there, I ride there and I can say, hey, I, I paying, I'm paying my dues so somebody up there can go to a boring meeting for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, there's other ways. Uh, Trail Forks has something called Trail Karma. And so- uh, Yes, I love yeah. that. I had no idea that existed. T- yeah, tell everybody about where, where well, they can find that. That's very cool. Trail Forks on some trails that you ride, uh, the legal ones, um, there will be um, on most of them, like in San Diego County, it should come up and say this trail is supported and maintained by San Diego Mountain Bike Association, and it, it has a little button, and it can it, it'll allow you to donate like a dollar or two or five or ten or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And we get you know we get a few hundred dollars a month from Trail Karma, I'll say. Um, so there's different ways that you can support um, uh, you know trails in your area. Uh, in like at Sweetwater Bike Park, if you come down, we have a donation station, which is like a parking meter that's okay. there all the time. And you can put coins or a card in there and donate a buck or five or whatever. And so uh, just I would just say if you're not involved in the group where you live, at least throw some some money at them. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it sounds like the organized groups that are the associations in the areas that you live, those are the folks that are going into the city to make sure trails are protected make sure yep. the trails are developed, um, make sure that trails oh, are maintained. Yeah, and I didn't mention like Big Bear. So Sky Park, obviously, we all love Sky Park. Bill Johnson has done an amazing job there, um, invested tens of millions of dollars. Uh, I It's my happy place. Like, I adore it. Um, I'm happy to buy my annual pass, take my money. I don't, I don't care. Take my money. Now, the other places that you ride – uh, Snow Valley, obviously you're paying, Snow Summit, you're paying, Rim Nordic, and so on. They're all special permit um, holders with the Forest Service, right? Mm. And they work very closely with the Big Bear Big Bear Trails Foundation. So that's okay. another organization that I belong to. Um, they're awesome as well. And they're responsible for the Skyline Trail, for, you know, they adopt a trail program for the trails over on the north side of the lake um so all of these all of these uh organizations are doing terrific work for all of us um jeff has a good question yes i think that's where we were going yeah um so so canyon actually right is is um partnering up with you guys canyon bikes you guys and uh and i don't want to steal the thunder so this is a great segue (laughs) go ahead Susie, talk about this because i actually put in my 20 bucks for a couple for a ticket (laughs) thank you so much so we have two days left donations um for this it's called make a click take your pick campaign with canyon bikes um you um your donation uh, gets you a chance to win $4,000 to any Canyon bike you want. So you could get a gravel bike, you could get a downhill bike, you can get a, you know, enduro bike, whatever, road bike, haha, <laughs> not really, but um, an e-bike, whatever, you can get whatever you want that's up to $4,000. Uh, and so the donations end at 6 o'clock this Friday. You can go to any of our, like our Facebook cover page has the link there. Our website has the page on the cover. 
Um, for $10, you get one chance. And for $20, you get three chances. Mm -hmm. Or this is a super special secret offer. Are you ready? Ready. If you join or renew with SDMBA by Friday at 6 o'clock, you get an entry to the Canyon Drawing. But you also get an entry to win a an XTR group set valued at $2,200. Ooh. Right. So this is like this next two days is like double bonus. And we'll pull the winner for the Shimano group set um, on the on January 1st. Okay. So that anybody that joins between now and the end of the year gets in for the Shimano group set. That is. And it's just is it SDMBA.org? SDMBA.com. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. So yeah, so support the association, guys. Some great giveaways. Canyon putting up four thousand dollars for you guys to to win a bike, yeah. and you guys are extremely strong down there. Your association is very strong. You guys are, are are really in there, which is amazing. Hearing about all these trails and what you guys are doing is awesome. Now, one of the goals you guys had, which is a, it's part of the Canyon fundraiser, but you guys blew through the first goal, right? We did. And, and, and now this is a stretch goal. And I saw when I donated tonight, I mean, we're literally right yeah, there. We are. So, yeah, our original goal was 25000 And uh, Michael Marks, uh, the Belgian Waffle Ride, is an amazing uh, supporter. We're the nonprofit uh, charity partner of Belgian Waffle Ride. Um, and their creator, Michael Marks, has been super uh, supportive and creative in coming up with these campaigns. And so he was the one... Um, He's like, well, let's do 25. And then he's like, oh, we're going to blow through that. He's like, let's make it 35,000. And I'm like, woo, okay. So, uh, but we're almost there. I think we'll get it in the next couple of days. So yeah. And that's um, that, that sweet bonus there uh, yeah. that just came in. That that definitely helps out a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that money, that money goes, um, you know, to this trail work season. We mm -hmm. own a mini excavator. Uh, and a trailer to get that thing out to jobs. And so mobilizing that, you know, gas money and maintenance on that thing and, and just uh, mobile. We have other equipment like a motorized wheelbarrow. Um, uh, we just got a truck to haul all this stuff around, which is terrific too. But we have mm. a lot of equipment, a lot of tools, and, and that mobilization of all of that takes a lot of uh, time and money to get to get it all out to where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. But the funding also helps support volunteers that come out uh, with goodies and food and snacks and, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. But it also pays for, you know, us to attend those boring meetings mm -hmm. and for mm -hmm. us to drive these, you know, the bike park projects forward. And, and we have a big project with the Forest Service, the Mount Laguna Trails Restoration Project, which that could be another whole, that's another whole show. Mm. Uh, and the projects, new trail at Black Mountain and all of that, so. The money wow. goes through that. You guys got a lot of great things going on down there. Um, as we as we come towards a close, you know, it sounds like there's a whole bunch going on. But as far as in the priority list, I'm sure you guys have to prioritize. You yeah. know, what are the projects that are in priority one, two, three stage right now? And maybe some of the time frames on on when those things will be either complete or or you know started. Well, almost everything we do is multi year, right? It's very rare that we come across a project that is. Um, thought of and planned and implemented within one season, right? Or one year, unless it's like replacing a bridge or something fairly simple. Like sometimes those things come along. Um, but I would say right now we have a lot going on at Daily Ranch up in Escondido. Um, we'll have some work up there, um, some maintenance work this season 
Um, but going forward, uh, we actually worked with the city of Escondido to get a grant. And the, um, the grant was with IMBA to provide, it was, it's called the Trail Accelerator Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, Daly Ranch has a lot of potential. And really what is on the ground there now, there's a couple of fun trails, but mostly it's old ranch road, right? It's all old farm road that really is not optimal. Um, and so this grant uh, provided for IMBA Trail Solutions staff to come out. They were there in August when it was like 105 degrees. It was horrible. But they wow. um, went through the whole property. They inventoried everything that's there, uh, roads and trails. And then they're working now on the deliverable, which will be a an inventory and then a recommendation on how to make daily into a awesome trail system, right? Mm, the plan great. is the first thing, and then it comes to approval by the city and then funding and then implementation. So that's a multi-year thing. But daily is um, is a big uh, high on our list okay. uh, these days. Um, and Black Mountain is continuing. Um, that's why we, re- if you guys want to call Andrew Field at the city, like we have work to do there. It's going to rain this weekend. Like we yeah. would be there working, but we can't. So perfect uh, timing. Sycamore Goodin, Sycamore Goodin Ranch with the county. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> He's going to be like, what's going on? No, it's Where good, are all these calls coming from? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, uh, we have um, Sycamore Good Ranch. We have some work we need to do at Martha's uh, and some of the other trails out there. Um, should have some work up at Laguna as well. Um, although we're kind of with the big project up there, that um, the Mount Laguna Trails Restoration Project, um, which is is moving along through the bureaucracy of the Forest Service. Mm. Um, that involves not only uh, working on trails that are already there, but it involves um, building brand new trail, um, about eight miles of new trail. And the Mm. most exciting thing is that it involves bringing some uh, trails that are currently unsanctioned uh, legally into the system. Oh, I love it. it. That's the win. Like that's trails that have been on the ground for 30 years that just aren't on a map there. You know, there's no reason that they shouldn't be part of the system. I love it. A primitive yeah. trail getting adopted into the system. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So. Uh, a lot of good things. And thank you so much for what you do. I think this is probably a good spot to to end it. Um, <laughs> if there's anybody who has any last questions, uh, go ahead and put it in now. But if not, um, Susie, let everybody know where they could reach you, social media-wise, email, SDMBA, yeah. all, your, all your places of contact. Yeah, so um, SDMBA is on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we have a YouTube channel. It's not super fancy, but there's a few things on there. I think the three-part series we did on Black Mountain would be interesting to people. Um, and uh, me personally, I'm everywhere too. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. If you want to message me on Facebook at Susie Murphy, that is fine. Um, if you want to email me, you can just use uh, info, I-N-F-O at SDMBA.com. Um, and on Instagram, my personal page is CV, like Chula Vista. So CV Bike Mom 63. Okay. So. <laughs> all great places, all great places to reach you. Um, I think this is awesome. Here you go. Miso Dustin, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do. Can't wait for the next one. All uh, right. We'll, de- we'll definitely have to have you back on the show and, you know, give updates on everything that's going on down there. Yeah, anytime. Um, anytime. And folks who are 
folks who are listening, whether it is live now or in the future via the podcast or on the replay on YouTube, if it's before this Friday, November, the would that be the 6th? Yeah. Um, there the is still class. time. There is still time to get into the drawing for uh, the $4,000 Canyon bike, as well as joining the SDMBA Association, which will also give you a ticket entry into that and uh, put you into an entry for some awesome other gear. Yeah, so that XTR drivetrain is sweet, man. Yeah. It's oh my right God. Here. It's right at my feet. It's sitting oh, here. she's got it here. Give it, give us a show. No. <laughs> oh, so it is for real. Um, there's definitely yeah. time and all the money is tax deductible. 501c3. You can get yeah. it off your taxes um, for the end of the year as we wind the year down. All great things going to great causes to folks like Susie Murphy. So Susie, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Sure. Really appreciate you. And thank you guys so much for being on tonight. It definitely wouldn't be a show without you guys. So I really appreciate you. All right, Susie, have Thanks a great so night. Much. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. You. <laughs> Thank you guys again for joining me on another episode of the Segment Podcast. And special thanks to Susie Murphy and the San Diego Mountain Bike Association for being on the podcast. I really appreciated the information. I know I learned a lot. It was a ton of great info. I hope you guys enjoyed it and learned a few things as well. And as always, guys, keep those eyes up, rise up, get on those trails. I hope you guys have a great ride. And remember, always bet on yourself because all that hard work does pay off. And finally, this these episodes are powered by MyMotivationalTees.com. MyMotivationalTees.com, the only place that carries the segment merchandise. All right, guys. Hope all is well, and we'll see you on the next one.